When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Amber and Ian. No Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. We have Andre Snellings instead. You can be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You can call us, 888-SAY-ESPN. We love when you do that. 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one that fans deserve, and it is still college football season because we still got one coming up. That game, by the way, will be right here on ESPN Radio, the national championship. That game will have the Michigan Wolverines in it. Andre Snellings, a Michigan alum. (laughs) So we will be getting into Dre's Wolverines on tonight's show. There's plenty of NFL to get to as well. But, Dre, before I do any of that, do you? I don't know what your heritage is. Do you have any like weird ancestral guilt here that follows you around in life? Because I just had an experience leading up to the show where we were up against it. I'm trying to make a cup of tea right before we go on air. And my mother and my grandmother, my mother was from England, right? Ah. So I, I was raised by a, a very, particularly my grandmother, because my mother was pretty young when she came to America. But my grandmother, very British woman. And they took tea very seriously. And so I'm rushing to make tea. And I knew that this cup of English tea that I had just prepared myself, I'm putting the milk in before it is fully brewed. And my grandmother is looking down on me from somewhere, okay? And she is unhappy with me right now. And like I feel the guilt in my soul as I'm trying to rush back to the microphone so that I'm not late to the show with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, um, you know. My ancestral is essentially I'm African-American. You know, I, I don't know what particular country my, my, my people are from, but African-Americans, um, many of them, or at least those that I grew up with, uh, on New Year's Day, there are certain foods that you have to eat mm-hmm. and you have to have black eyed peas. And as of, I don't know, 2 o'clock p.m. this New Year's Day, we did not have black eyed peas. Oh, no. So... Um, I was going to, I, and I didn't know if there were going to be stores open or not because it was New Year's. I didn't know if it was going to be a, a you know a holiday, but one way or the other, if I had to find a farm, I had to find <laughs> black eyed peas, or else the New Year was just not going to start correctly. So we got the black eyed peas, and so good we have know. prosperity for the next three hundred sixty four days. All right, well that is that is very very good to hear that you will have prosperity. We will have prosperity here as well. I don't know if the Baltimore Ravens are going to have prosperity against the Pittsburgh Steelers though, because they're resting everybody. They're resting their quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Why bother to play him? They've already locked up the one scene, thanks to that win over my Miami Dolphins. Ouch. So now you have a Ravens team that is going to be resting. You have a Steelers team that's trying to make a postseason, so they get a bit lucky there. How do you feel about resting players? Because we've seen this from Baltimore before, by the way, Mm -hmm. and when we've seen this before, it hasn't gone well. Sometimes when you rest players there's rust involved when you actually get to a postseason. You're kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't. You are. And so um, I'll answer this question two ways. As, um, 
a person that works for ESPN Bet and and therefore uh, is a better, I am extremely happy that the Ravens are sitting Lamar Jackson because I may have a four-team parlay of teams to win 10 games, and three of the four, including your Dolphins, have already won their 10th game, and the Steelers are at nine. And so I would be overjoyed should Lamar Jackson sitting uh, help the Steelers to win that 10th game. So there's that aspect. As an analyst, it's hard because – The NFL, the likelihood of getting injured is so high, particularly for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson that that, that runs often. He's got that Barry Sanders. Very rarely do you see him take a full-on hit, but he's also sat out the last five or six games of each of the last two seasons. So if there's nothing to play for, then you almost have to sit him. But to your point, we've seen, you know, the rust of – because he won't just sit this week. Then he has a bye the following week. So mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, what, a full three weeks in between games. And, yeah, we, we've seen the rust in the past, and it might still be there. But in this case, I, I, you just can't take the risk on him getting hurt in a meaningless game because then all bets are off. I think the rust is one thing when you have to deal with that because you can somewhat excuse that away of your coaching staff. I think the thing that would be more detrimental – to the staff from a decision perspective is if Lamar Jackson, who's going to be the league MVP this season, if Lamar Jackson goes out there in a final game of the season with nothing on the line and gets injured and that everybody would do the hindsight 2020 thing and the voices would be incredibly loud. They'll still be somewhat loud if the Ravens come out and just lay an egg right in their first game in the postseason. But it's not going to be nearly the same as if Lamar had gotten hurt this weekend against the Steelers. So if I'm hard, I'm making the same decision, frankly. Mm -hmm. If for no other reason, then that's the one thing you can't risk. It does bring up an interesting point, though, when I mentioned the MVP. Because the MVP, it feels like at this point it's going to Lamar, but it hasn't been on an award that's been locked up all season long. Every single season, Dre, even some of the shows that you and I have done together here, mm-hmm. we've had a different player every week winning yeah. that award. Now I think most people coming off of the Dolphins win have Lamar Jackson, but it would be helpful from an MVP individual award perspective if he also went out against the Steelers and had that opportunity on his way out this season to make a crazy statement again. Yeah, but I mean, I think he had the perfect walk-off, right? Because not only did he have that huge game against the Dolphins, he, right before that, he had the huge game and essentially took the MVP from Brock Purdy against the 49ers. So if those are your last two big hits, and that's finishing off a season where your team is the number one seed, best record in the NFL, and you've tackled all comers, you know, at that point, this is Jordan in 98. It's like, okay, what? Why come back out there the next year without Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen and, and, you know, and, and not look the same when you've had the perfect swan song with the, the, the shot at the brothers to win the championship? It's interesting because this is the same player in Lamar Jackson that teams were quite literally posting on Twitter before the season began that they were not going after Lamar Jackson. Remember yep. that? Oh, Remember that whole frenzy before the <laughs> Ravens had paid? Also, by the way, the same player that for the last two years before this, we were having conversation about conversation after conversation about whether the Ravens were going to pay this man, yep. a man that had already won an MVP and now is well on his way to winning another one. It is remarkable to think where this conversation was just a matter of months ago when there was oh teams passing 
doing on this guy? And it, it's ludicrous when you look back on it. It was ludicrous, and it was so heated. And, you know, I am not a Ravens or Lamar Jackson fan. I'm a Bengals fan. You know, he, he's the enemy, essentially. And I remember sitting this summer. I was on vacation somewhere. I was sitting at the pool. And me and this dude were just going at it about, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson, he hasn't earned this kind of money or this kind of attention. And, you know, and I was like, are you crazy? Do you realize how good he's played so far, how young he is, and just how much of what the Ravens do every year is all about Lamar Jackson? And so, you know, you were talking about the MVP race and how it hasn't been locked up till the end, but... Honestly, I've been, for at least the last month, um, even when it was Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott, my answer was Lamar Jackson because he is just the centerpiece, the focal point of everything that they do. And, you know, um, I think it was uh, Swagoo, he had the point that when teams play the 49ers, they're game planning for other people. You know, the same mm-hmm. when teams play the Cowboys. When, when teams play the Ravens, they're game planning for number eight. And so... I think he deserves to be the MVP. He deserved that contract. I'm glad he got it. And even though he's the enemy, I'm 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 very happy for him for the way this season has turned out so far. It was a slow start for the Ravens, but he was adjusting to a new system, right, and a new OC. And so I think that's why it kind of like it the way that the season started and at first the numbers weren't jumping off the page and he wasn't in the conversation until a little bit later in the season. And also where Lamar Jackson had set the bar. I mean, when I was on first take before the season, I remember distinctly one of our topics was will Lamar Jackson have his best season ever? And my answer for that was no, only because of where he set the bar in 2019, not because I didn't think he was going to have an excellent season under Todd Munkin's new system there in Baltimore. He has, in fact, had an unbelievable system once again. But the last time that he won an MVP, back in 2019, when he did set the bar so high, it was very similar. He wins an MVP. The Ravens were the number one seed. They rested him going into the final final week then they only scored 12 points in the divisional round and they lost to the Tennessee Titans at home it was very obvious in the divisional round that they were rusty from the rest so this is the risk this is the risk (laughs) that you have once again resting Lamar Jackson but in fact he is resting against Pittsburgh this weekend coming up next we're not resting here on Amber and Ian Andre Snelling's filling in for Ian tonight what is happening with the Philadelphia Eagles we'll get into it ESPN radio is also on the ESPN app this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Back goes Hurts. He lets it go. And it is intercepted, intercepted by Arizona. And the game is over. And the Eagles lose 35-31. to 31, And this is a bitter defeat. I still believe in the guys in that locker room. I still believe in the coaches. I think we got the guys to get it turned in the right direction. You definitely want to take advantage of every opportunity. You know, these games go a ton of different ways. But executing at a high level and doing that, good things should happen. The Eagles are 11 and 5. I mean, by most accounts, Andre, Andre Snelling's filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight here on Amber and Ann. By most accounts, that's a good record in the NFL. By most accounts, when you're sitting at second in the division, still actually have an opportunity to win that division, depending how things go here with the Cowboys this weekend, you'd be feeling pretty positive if you're most NFL fans. I don't think that's how Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fans are feeling at all right now. The T is strong in Philadelphia. Things have gotten very weird there in Philly recently. They have, and it kind of reminds me of, I believe it was the Steelers a, a few years ago that started off. They were undefeated. They were like the last undefeated team. I feel like they were maybe 10 and 11 and 0, something like that. But nobody believed in them. And then they ended up losing a few games down the stretch. And then, of course, I think they lost in the first round of the playoffs. And so that's how the Eagles have been all season. They were winning early. I think they won five in a row. Then they lost one. Then they won like another five or six in a row. They were like 10 and one. Yeah. yeah to start you know? the season. But, but even then, people were pointing out like, hey, this team doesn't pass the eye test. Like they're winning. And because that, there, were, there were those discussions, right? Like, well, is there something wrong with the Eagles? And people would kind of scoff. Well, how could something be wrong? They're 10-1. and one. But I think we're starting to see it play out now. And, um, you know, I'm always a big numbers guy. I always uh, bring that up. The Eagles, for the year, their point differential is 22. The, mm-hmm. the excellent teams, their point differential is all up around 200. The Ravens is over 200. The 49ers, the Cowboys are at 166. And then the Eagles are at 22. So even though they have 11 wins, they're barely outscoring their, their opponents. And so maybe another analogy is not, la- not the Steelers of a few years ago, but the Vikings of last year. Yes. Also, nobody believed in, and it turned out to be for good reason. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that they remind me of the Vikings from last year. I didn't even think about the Steelers. That's a good comparison as well. But the Vikings from last year, we're all season, we're watching them just win and win and win, and they get to the double-digit wins, but the point differential is so small. And the point differential ends up being, if you're not a numbers nerd, the biggest predictor in the NFL of actual success in a postseason is how much you beat your opponents by in a regular season. And for the Eagles, yes, they were 10-1, and However, it was like a ball bouncing the right way. You know, it was things kind of just going the right. The, te- the Cowboys beating themselves, whatever it was with their various matchups over the course of the season. It didn't feel like dominant wins by any means. And then it ends up catching up to them at the end of the season in a surprising way, because some of these losses, frankly, we would not have predicted. And yet they got past some of the teams that we would have more predicted if they were going to have these losses on their schedule. They're still sitting at 11 and 5. But I mentioned the T and the drama now that is heating up in that locker room. A.J. Brown, he is the Eagles wide receiver. He was uh, very vocal on the head coach Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff being blamed for what happened in the Eagles' most recent loss. 
like for the Seattle game. That was on us. Like we we messed that up. We 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 improvised and we went on our own. And Nick came out and said, "Oh, I I, I wanted to try to get a flag or something, something crazy like that." It's like he really made himself look look like a fool for us. I have nothing but respect for him. Like you know what I'm saying? Cause not all coaches do that. You know what I'm saying? So like we ride with Nick. We ride with Brian. We just got to come out. We just got to play ball. So that didn't sound very dramatic, what he said there. That was just a dude supporting his coach. But it was stemming from the fact that there are these rumors that he's part of the quote-unquote poison in the locker room, A.J. Brown is, in Philadelphia. He called those rumors bull belief, and he went on to say that he didn't speak to the media after that shocking loss to Arizona because he didn't want to be negative he said at practice yesterday or today rather earlier today that he had already transitioned to a mindset where they were going through the tough time and that him being the person that he is he said that he wanted to just go back to work and that he felt like there was nothing he could do about it so he didn't want to essentially add to the drama and that he was in a negative mindset coming off that loss that's why he didn't speak to the media there were rumors out there that he didn't speak to the media because of some discontent Mm -hmm. on A.J. Brown's part. There he was defending instead his coaching staff. Here's the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't give a what we are out there and what our record is or anything, what losing streak or winning streak it goes. We're going to go out there and we're going to work our minds on the detail of what's going on full speed to the snap out there in walkthrough and then high intensity at practice. There's no magic to this. Like, hey, we do this or this or that. Like if we if we knew exactly what it was, we you know, these last couple of weeks, we, we would have done that. So it's about going to work every single day. Here's what it is, Andre. They're not as good as they were last season. Yeah. What it is, is they haven't been dominant, like you said, in any of these wins all season long, even though they found themselves on the right side of the win column far more often than they have on the loss column. What it is, is they lost both of their coordinators because both of their coordinators were so good that they were coveted, and that's what happens when you have a good coaching staff. And yes, there are going to be adjustments when new guys come in at the top. What it is is that they lost seven starters, five of those on defense last season. And what it is is Jalen Hurts is not playing actually as well as he did last season. So what it is (laughs) is that the Philadelphia Eagles ain't exactly the same team that we saw in the Super Bowl, and typically that's the story of teams that we see in a Super Bowl the next season. You know, if only someone would have gone on first take and oh, made all of no. those points and picked the, the Cowboys to win the division, you know, that person would have been so prescient right now, you know. Like. The receipts are coming. The rece- <laughs> I am telling you, Andre, I am Please like. don't encourage I, her. Oh, I, you, don't, you guys don't understand. So that's the one episode of first take that I don't actually have in my possession, by the way. I like all, I was on first take for an entire week that going into the season when I said these things. I have the episode from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't have Friday's episode where I'm arguing about this with Kimberly Martin and Bart Scott on set. I have now written ESPN so many times to get my hands on this episode. So I then, two days ago, I found the audio, Andre, because I cannot get this damn episode. So I found the audio. So I, I then got the timestamps. So I then wrote my contact to ESPN, like, listen, this is the eight minutes that I need. How do I get these eight minutes of my life on video? Because I need this in the back just in case the Cowboys are able to beat the Commanders this weekend. And it happens. And I was so right. And I still don't have it yet. They're working on it. But I've got the audio. And if my only victory lap is going to be sending James Steele the audio, (laughs) you better believe 
I'm not taking that lap, though, until it actually happens. Because, I, I mean, Lord knows, yeah. like, Dak's going to go throw 37 interceptions this weekend. The whole thing's going to crumble if I take that victory lap too soon. Absolutely. And, you know, Stephen A. already has his video made sitting in front of his fireplace, you know, uh-huh. ready for the – how about them Cowboys? So, uh, I feel you on that. Though, honestly – the way that Philadelphia is playing, there's no guarantee they're going to beat the Giants either. So, right. um, and and what you were saying a few minutes ago, it, it, it like the the fact that Brown gave such a positive interview about the coaches today, for me, it was given. That's my quarterback. You know, I was thinking about Terrell Owens. He used to get all of the 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 b- bad publicity that it was. Uh, he had issues with his quarterback. So then he has to come out and address it. And he was a lot more emotional than, than A.J. Brown is. But, you know, that that's what that felt like. Like, so I don't know how much I buy uh, what, what what he was selling in the interview as opposed to what we hear, uh, the T.U. here might be bubbling behind the scenes. It just, it all seems emotional, right? When Sirianni's having to come out and he's like, I don't know what the problem, you know, and it, the whole thing just feels emotional. The rumors around any of it, whether they're true or not, it all just feels like emotions are riding high. And again, this is a team that is 11 and 5. This is a team that still could end up winning this division. And this is a team that very easily could find itself having success in a postseason still and still has Jalen Hurts at the helm, still has that O-line, still has all the pieces there really that everyone thought were going to be so good this season. And yet there's just something about this team that feels <laughs> a little bit off. And and I wonder are they handling the adversity well? And it, it so far it feels like no. And if you're already at this point this kind of emotional point at the way that the season has gone when you did start the regular season 10 and one and that things did go well and it's not like Jalen's not you know it's not like Jalen's totally falling off or anything ridiculous if you're already this emotional then it feels bad yeah. going into a po- like I, I just I have a hard time buying into their chances moving forward then because where there's a lot of smoke, there's typically some fire. And it feels like there's a lot of smoke around this team. Coming up next here, there are some other NFL stories that we have not yet gotten to. We will hurry up. That's coming up next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Excellent song by Taylor Swift. T-Swift, she got me with this most recent album. I am no Swifty. Andre Snellings. Andre Snellings filling in for Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. I am no Swifty. But this most recent album, this is one of those... One of those jams. She got me. She got you. Got you, Key. Well, she hey, got me. 
You know, she's she got Travis, got Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. Ha, yeah, I bet you she's to it. got him. Got there first. Hey. <laughs> hey. So uh, my my daughters, actually, uh, all the kids are big fans of Taylor Swift. We've, I've been listening to her in the car since the summer. We went on a trip, you know, went on a trip back to Pennsylvania. That's like, usually it's heavy metal, but now it's Taylor Swift. Um, that's what being a dad is, I guess. Oh, the, how the mighty have fallen. Very, I know, I know. They do like some of that stuff, too, but they wanted to listen to Taylor Swift. Um, but we watched the movie uh, over, uh, over the break. And, uh, the Eras Tour? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie, what, it's whatever just, it is. It's just a it's movie. It's just a concert. Upper, but concert, I knew right? all of those songs, and I had no idea that I knew all those songs. Mm-hmm. She's a girl, that girl just puts out banger after banger. There's a reason why she made like a billion dollars on her tour last summer. Mm-hmm. How was watching it? Because it I feel cool. like watching I mean, a concert at home is, I, is an unusual. I don't know. Like, I, I can't say I've done it a lot, but at the same time, see, it, with the way TVs are now and the way audio is and how big my TVs are, I feel like saving $3,000 or whatever those eras tours tickets were. I feel like that's a smart move. I like, I like that stuff. I was always big into like the MTV unplugged uh, yeah. stuff. So I have like, I have like the Alice in Chains unplugged on DVD. I have like the, uh, uh, the dashboard confessional unplugged. The Nirvana on record. unplugged is the, the Nirvana. one that I remember. The Alice in Chains one is the best one. I will not be, uh, no, Kurt Cobain's was the best one. Nope. It's, okay. That's untrue. Proceed. That's, uh, that's a fallacy. Right. Well, I feel like we're having an argument the for Alice in Chains one is the ago, best one. I will not, yeah, I will not take Your no thoughts, for an answer. Andre. Yeah, I mean, I am not going to be able to weigh in on Allison Chains versus Taylor <laughs> Swift, but I did during the pandemic watch a, 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 a whole concert, not even a documentary of it. I watched a whole concert um, from home that, that we, we bought on pay per view. And I would say the rapper's name, his first name is Toby. I cannot pronounce his last name, but it was a, a good show, especially given the circumstances of not going outside for a year and a half. So I think. Much like Hunger Gravy, the, the situation where you watch this concert at home probably is going to affect your enjoyment level. I did watch an entire concert, well, an entire DJ spinning concert uh, with, with during the pandemic as well. But that was like a pandemic. The pandemic made all that stuff a little different. Like all that mm-hmm. stuff was like, all right, well, I'm just glad that we have entertainment in our lives in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched a concert since the pandemic in my living room, but I do feel like with T-Swift... She's taking the world by storm. She's a heck of a songwriter, James. It's crazy. I, 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 like, I'm not, I'm just not into, like, mostly not into that music. But then I'm listening to all these songs. I'm like, oh, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I've heard this right. before. And then I'm, I, I, te- I actually text Nick, who's on the board tonight. I'm like, how do I know all these songs? I shouldn't know all these songs, <laughs> but I know all these songs. The girl must just, that's all she does is write hits. Do you think she She's just got of- famous by accident? Like this was just, oh yeah, she put out horrible music, but people love her. I don't get it. Hey, hey, I'm well, Kanye thought anymore. at one point that she did, right? Kanye thought that Yeah, uh, for a little bit there. All she's done since is- How's it working out for her? Yeah. And goodness. him. Uh, How's that working out for everybody in the NFL? Because as we as we near an NFL postseason, that was my attempt at a transition there. As we near an NFL postseason, we got a lot of storylines coming out of the NFL this week. I tried, Nick. I tried. Let's get to the hurry up. The football season never ends with Amber and Ian. Turn it up and down. Turn it up and down. This is the hurry up. So these are some stories that I thought were interesting that I haven't gotten to touch on yet this week, Andre. And one of them 
came from my Miami Dolphins, where pass rusher Bradley Chubb, he tore his ACL in his right knee, and the Dolphins lost to the Ravens 56-19, to lost to the Ravens on Sunday. And the bummer of it was that it was like with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Bradley Chubb was still down there and was still in the game when we're down by, you know, 40-whatever points it was. And... Of course, with hindsight being 2020, everyone's now questioning Mike McDaniel for having Bradley Chubb in the game. Here is Mike McDaniel. I would like a time machine for sure uh, in, in that in that situation after the events occurred. Um, but you don't know that when you go into it and you you, you do the best you can. I think the players the, the players uh, didn't see the result of the game looking at looking. The way it did, you know, they're, they were hungry to get right, and it didn't work out for us. It was a non-contact injury. I feel like that actually adds insult to injury, quite literally, Andre. Yeah, quite literally, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, his was the more severe, but didn't Tua also hurt himself on a slide late in that shoulder. game? Yeah, yeah, his shoulder. So he said it's fine, by the way. He said today it's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that's true, but either way, it speaks not only to you know it, them being in the game late uh, and, and the risks thereof. It also throws back again to that why you have to sit Lamar Jackson this week because you don't want to have those types of injuries affect your postseason after a game or you know the regular season's already over. The problem is Chubb was huge for this Dolphins team. He was in there at, after. Jalen Phillips tore his Achilles in week 12. Then behind him, Andrew Van Ginkle, Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Ogba. They were in, he was inactive. Ogba was inactive for Sunday's game. Like this has been a very big problem for the Miami Dolphins at this position. And now you don't have Chubb on top, but it does not bode well for the Dolphins as we head into an, a, a postseason. But listen, hindsight is twenty twenty five. Probably not a mistake that McDaniel is going to make again. Bill Belichick, he hasn't made many mistakes until the last few years here of his career. And now they are piling up Andre Snellings. But he claims that it's not his future in New England that he's focused on right now. He is just focused on the Jets. Here is Belichick on the Greg Hill Show on WEEI. I appreciate, as always, you taking the time this week, and we'll give you the opportunity to get to work and get ready for the Jets. Thank you very much, Bill Belichick. All right, you're welcome, Greg. You know, if I was going to do anything, I'd put it out there on, you know, Twitter and, and my face so everybody could see it, but I don't. You're saving it for the if social media. I don't do that, then I'll just keep it private. <laughs> you're saving it for social media. That's what you're doing. <laughs> funny it's funny i mean we don't normally get bill b being funny it was it was a good line by him yeah and you know we're seeing more and more of that this year right you know he was what was it like a grand marshal or something like he was doing announcing for a game Mm -hmm. a a, a few weeks back and 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 people were, were then pointing out like wow this bill belichick has a personality he's nothing like the guy that won't say anything in an interview and maybe all of this is a sign of the fact that he may not be doing this for this team much longer. So he's like, I might as well go out and let, let my own personality show. 
it will be quite the plot twist if Bill Belichick, after his career coaching in the NFL, and I don't think it's done. I think that he'd be headed somewhere else as a head coach, and maybe you'd just see a looser Bill Belichick when he gets to, you know, Los Angeles or wherever sunnier pastures that he's probably headed to. But one day when his career is actually, in fact, over, if he, like, goes into broadcasting and all of a sudden he's the Mannings, you know? Like, yep. all of a sudden we all love Bill Belichick because he's so hysterical. Yeah. And none of us saw this. He joins the Manning all these cast. Decades. <laughs> right. Know, they're, they're, they both made their claim to fame for competing against him. And then he comes on and he's the funniest <laughs> of the three. That would be quite the plot twist. I don't believe it at all. That he's not focused on his future in New England. I think he's hyper-focused, frankly, on his future. I don't believe it. But, of course, Bill Belichick ain't gonna get, going to actually give you anything there. So what else is he going to say? Sean McVay, he is focused on his future. He's focused on letting you know already that he is headed back to coach this Los Angeles Rams team in 2024. Here is the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams on the Coach McVay Show. You're tied for second in Rams history now for regular season wins. Nice. I Knox. did not know that. That's Congratulations. cool. Congratulations. Appreciate that. Come on. How, I, I really didn't. John Robinson ahead of you. How far you, ahead? Within striking distance next season. <laughs> if you can promise us there's going to be a Coach McVay Show 2024 edition. This, that I can promise you. How far the Rams ahead? taking on. Yeah, there you go. That that I can promise you. Rams taking on the Niners this weekend, sitting at nine and seven, second in the NFC West. Uh, I, I just I thought it was significant that McVeigh is coming out and he's saying it now mm-hmm. because the last couple of years we got this dance from him about yes. retiring and. And we, I mean, listen, we know what that Brady television contract is rumored to be. I mean, McVeigh's also would be you know right a couple hundred million to go join one of one of the networks or whatever he'd have a bright future in this business if he wanted it yeah absolutely you know when you start throwing around numbers that big it makes me think of mark cuban he he just sold his uh, majority stake of the the mavs and he says i ain't nothing changed but my bank account and so you know that could be the case whenever mcveigh decides to go on, on the air but yeah it's big because his team is still competing this year. And so I think it's important that they know that their leader is, is, is ten toes down and, and not contemplating going fishing and, and making a, a nine figures on a network somewhere. Yeah, it's significant. I think he's, what, 38 years old or turning 38 years old? Sean McVay. That so is young. He just had his first child. <laughs> he's been right? coaching for 38 he just had years his first child and he's 38 years old. With his wife. Right? And that's what it feels like. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. It's crazy how that works. But he's not ready to hang it up yet uh, as he uh, slightly nears the age of 40. Aaron Rodgers, he is 40, Uh by the way. He's a couple of years older than that head coach in Los Angeles. He, though, is a player in the National Football League. He is the quarterback for the New York Jets. At least he will be next season. He was on the Pat McAfee show. And he was asked about Denver about the Denver Broncos sitting Russell Wilson, it looking like the end here for the relationship between Russ and the Broncos. Here's Aaron Rodgers. My heart actually goes out to Russ for dealing with this. I think, you know, say whatever you want about him. Like, I think he's handled this pretty well. I definitely applaud him for for speaking on it. Uh, It's a tough situation. And, you know, he basically said, uh, said what he said, said what went down which is pretty scandalous that they would do that. The team would probably say, oh, we're just trying to get him to you know, move the date on that you know, injury clause or whatever. It's still crazy to like threaten we're going to sit you if you don't do this. And it's not like he's having a year. Like, 
he definitely is playing better than he did last year and taking care of the football. And they went on a run, too. I mean, they lost three or four, but they won five or six in a row. And in the midst of this, him knowing that they just want to, like, bench him and get rid of him. <laughs> you know, it's not Russell Wilson's fault that the Denver Broncos wanted to hand him $250 million, right? Or yeah. trade for him. And I think that... What's disappointing about this is that Russell Wilson, that they're doing this in a season here, Andre, to a dude who is a future Hall of Famer, by the way. They're doing this to him during a season where he did actually bounce back. I mean, it did look very different this season under Sean Payton's regime, and and he played quite well the overwhelming majority of the season. He did, and even where they finally gave up you know, the ghost against the, the, the Patriots, he came back and had a strong finish, brought the team back, uh, gave them a chance to win, and then they just couldn't stop the Patriots from moving down the field for that game when a field goal. So I, 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 I do feel for Russell in a way in this scenario. On the other hand, as you pointed out, um, no matter how it plays out, uh, his bank account is a lot nicer now than it was before. But RC, you know, Ryan Clark came uh, went on the air earlier this week and just talked about how difficult the situation was for Wilson because head coaches don't typically treat their star quarterbacks the way that, that um, Sean Payton has is, is, is treated Wilson. So, you know, you, you hate that it's played out this way, but I'm sure he will land on his feet somewhere um, if he's not with this team next year. And, uh, yeah, you know, he, and he's got a friend in Aaron Rodgers now. Yeah, well, he does have that. I mean, business is business, but it, it, the reports out there that they did threaten to make him inactive. He didn't throw out that injury guarantee in his contract, which was valued at $37 million, and that that was the sticking point there. Whatever happened between Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, I do feel a little bit bad for Russell Wilson at this point because he had a good season. He was a heck of a quarterback in Seattle for a decade. He deserves a little bit better here in terms of the treatment, if, in fact, these rumors are correct. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Andre Snelling's filling in for Ian tonight. Are the Thunder for real? Let's get into some NBA talk with our NBA analyst. Let's talk some NBA with our senior NBA writer, Andre Snellings, filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So if you don't know, Andre Snellings, he covers the NBA for us here at ESPN. So we should probably get into a little NBA with him. He can do it all. Okay, we've talked a lot of NFL. If you've missed any of it, definitely check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But let's talk about some of the more exciting things right now happening in the NBA, Andre. And there are young teams that are coming, right? They're coming for the old heads now. And they feel like they're actually on the map. Let's talk about Oklahoma City first because they're a team that right now hotter than hot. They've won eight of their last nine. They had a huge win over Boston. Uh, A late comeback bid 127 to 123 last night over the seas. What does this mean? Does this mean that the Thunder with this winning streak that they're on, five games in a row, I believe it is, that they're for real, Andre? Those draft picks, they're finally paying off here? Uh, I would say yes. And, you know, the Thunder, they've been for real for their level for the last few years, you know, because they were stockpiling all those picks, all those picks. But they remain competitive. They remain competitive when, you know, Russell Westbrook was there. Then they were competitive when Chris Paul was there. And then last year... Um, they really, really handed the keys to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 
And he turned in like a all NBA caliber season. You know, he averaged more than 30 points per game and they were in the playoff picture the whole season. So um, it's not so shocking to me that they continue to take the next step, especially when you uh, consider how uh, dominant Chet Holmgren has been in the middle. You know, Victor Wimbanyama got all the attention, but because of Holmgren's injury, he started his rookie season a year later. And I believe he's taken over the the front runner spot for rookie of the year over mm-hmm. Wimby. And so when you look at these young pieces, they've got guys, some of which like Jalen Williams weren't even necessarily drafted that high. You know, Gilgis Alexander wasn't drafted that high, but they're just hitting on all of their players. They're kind of the anti Bill Belichick when it comes to drafting right now. And they've still got 39 draft picks over the next few years. So I would say they're in an excellent position both for now and the future. Yeah, hear what Andre just said. Chet Holmgren right now has taken over the Rookie of the Year as front runner right now over Wemby. And that's how successful these picks are turning out to be for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Gilgis Alexander, I mean, at this point, isn't bonafide, I think, superstar in the league. You can see the direction there. When you have that many picks, it all comes down to are you going to actually hit on those picks? And that's what the Thunder have been doing here. It is the youngest roster in the NBA. But if I am an Oklahoma City fan, I feel very good about the future. Now, I personally feel like it's a little too soon, though. I mean, the youngest roster in the NBA, I don't see them winning an NBA title this season, but I feel really, really good about the direction of that team. Let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, though, because that's a team on the top of the standings in the Western Conference that Andre might actually be in a position to win an NBA title this season. You know, it's interesting. So the the Thunder are only a game behind the Timberwolves, but when when we talk about for real, I think about them as for real being a good team on the rise, talking about the Thunder. The Timberwolves, yeah, they have a team that even though they're relatively inexperienced at this level, they have some kind of championship pedigree kind of uh things that you will be looking for in a, in a team. I, You know, I was talking uh, off the air that last season when they traded for Rudy Gobert before the season began, the trade was widely panned by pretty much everybody because they gave up so much for Gobert, including all these draft picks and all these things. But I was like the lone voice in the storm <laughs> coming on these uh, ESPN radio shows like, yo, do y'all understand Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player of this generation? You know, all of not only has he won multiple defensive player of the years, but all of the kind of nerd stats for a player's impact, measuring a player's impact on the court, say this dude's impact on a defense is the real deal. And if they can take that as the foundation and actually have a good defense, and then, oh, by the way, you've got this young guy on the way up, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, still there as, as, as primary scoring options. And then they have the underrated trade of the veteran point guard, Mike Conley Jr. They just have a lot of the pieces that you would look for in a successful team. Now, I talked all that trash last year, and they were in the playing game. So I was a year too early. But this year, they are playing exactly like what I thought they would play like once they traded for Gobert. And yeah, they're a difficult team to match up with because they do have a, a old school big man in the middle uh, control the defense type big but then they've got these new school sh- uh, shooters and scorers surrounding him and that combination makes them really hard to beat I think what happens there with the analysis of the Gobert trade was how much 
given up, right? The five picks was it? I don't have it in front of me, but five picks, I think, five picks and swaps. for the root for Rudy Gobert, and that was the problem. Was just looking at how much they were getting in return, how much they were giving up in return for acquiring him, without actually looking at the fit itself, right? Like mm-hmm. that was getting lo- that was muddying the entire analysis. Well, is he worth all these picks? Okay, well, fine. That's a whole different thing. With how is this going to actually work out? Of course, he's worth it if it works out to a championship pedigree, even if individually as a player, you wouldn't think that he'd be worth that in commanding that on a trade market. If it works out, if it's the piece that they needed to bring in, like you said, that defensive foundation, and it has worked out. It's worked out with the development of AE and Anthony Edwards here looking like a bonafide superstar in this league and cat figuring out his role. We're figuring out our, our role next year on Amber and Ian. Can anybody beat the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC?